God's Word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. This is Will Rice, and First Light is a brief Bible challenge encouraging you to read God's Word, to think about God's Word, and to live it in real life. In the last two chapters of the book of 2 Kings, we find the tragic result of the rebellion of God's people. They rebelled against God, and so they served Babylon. They would not worship God, and so they worshiped idols that could neither hear nor see nor redeem them from their their enemies. In uh, chapter 24, the Bible says, In his days Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came up, and Jehoiakim became his servant three years. Then he returned and rebelled against him. And, And what follows is just the deportation to Babylon, not once, but a couple of times of God's people. And this was all part of of God's plan, God's response. Nebuchadnezzar, for instance, thought that he was in control, but God was sovereign. He was sovereign over Israel, he was sovereign over Judah, and he was sovereign over Babylon, the, the so-called conquering force. Verse 2 of chapter 24 says, The Lord sent against him, that is, the king of God's people, bands of the Chaldees and the Syrians and so on. Verse 2 also says that this was done according to the word of the Lord, which he spake by his servants, the prophets. Verse 3 says, Surely at the commandment of the Lord came this upon Judah. So God was in control of all that was happening. When the Bible says they break down the walls, they left the poor of the land and took all the leaders of the land to Babylon. That was all, uh, that did not happen without God's knowledge. It was part of, of God's sovereignty. God, God was in control. So Judah was carried away out of their land, the Bible says. And so what a, what a tragic what a tragic end to God's people and, and a tragic end, not to the end of God's people, but to the end of the nation as it was then known. A divided nation, but a nation nonetheless. Now they were just, they were, they were scattered to the four winds. In verse 27 of chapter 25, the Bible gives us a very interesting, <clears throat> very interesting uh, conclusion. The Bible says that the king of Babylon did lift up the head of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, out of prison. Verse 28 says, And he spake kindly to him, and set his throne above the throne of the kings that were with him in Babylon, and changed his prison garments, and he did eat bread continually before him all the day of his life. Now, that sounds good, and certainly this would have been better than his previous circumstance uh, in incarceration. But he was still subservient to Babylon. He was still serving Nebuchadnezzar. He was still in a land that worshipped gods of stone and wood, gods that could neither hear nor regard, because he would not, they would not worship God Jehovah. Verse 30 says, And his allowance was a continual allowance given him of the king, a daily rate for every day all the days of his life. He was given an allowance. Here is a king given an allowance the way a 10-year-old would be given a a dollar by his mom as an allowance. It's something you are allowed. Now, on another plane, you might say this was a, a wage. This was something he'd earned. But how sad for the king of God's people to be making an allowance. Now, this may be happy compared to where he was before this, but it's certainly what is not what God intended. Can I tell you something? 
there is a difference between making an allowance and making a life. Making money is not going to cut it. Making a name is not going to cut it. Uh, making a way for yourself is not going to cut it. There's nothing wrong with any of those things intrinsically, but there's a huge difference between making an allowance and making a life, between making a living even and making a life. And the difference comes down to who it is you serve and who it is you look to. You know, when God's people were in their own land and worshiping God, they looked to God for their provision. And as time went on, they began to look to Egypt for provision and protection. And then Assyria for protection and provision, or Syria, I should say. And over time, they neither looked to God nor regarded God. And because that is so, the, the, in some cases, the very sources that, that they sought for protection and provision became the very sources that became their tyrants. Friend, today it would be a good time to stop and think, look, am I better off than the king of Judah? Am I better off than simply making money? Am I better off than simply making an allowance? Am I making a life? Am I living the life that God created me to live? Now, I'm not saying that God's going to give you a, a uh, chapter of instructions on exactly everything you should do from now till the end of the month. What I am saying is, as I obey God's word, I know what God has said. This is not subjective. This is objective truth. As I obey what God has said, and I seek the wisdom that God provides through good counsel, good advice, and as I observe life and learn from life based on the principles of God's word that I bring to the experiences of life, I begin not merely to make a living, not merely to survive, but to thrive and to make the difference that God designed me to make. Friend, God made you with, with gifts and God made you with a background and God has given you his word. You have everything you need to do more than merely survive. What a tragedy that in 2 Kings, we read of a king who really was no longer a king. And he was no longer a king because he did not cede or yield or really acknowledge, which is the main point, acknowledge the sovereignty and rulership and leadership and kingship of God in his life. Friend, God made you for a reason. And if you will follow God today, you can know that God will give you guidance into the future. And there's a difference between merely making an allowance and making a life. And it comes down to who you follow, who you trust, and who you obey. May that person be God alone today.